0: Everybody. welcome to episode, I guess this will be number one of the Hammer and Rails podcast, since we did title the previous one, episode zero. Um, I will be your host, stepping in for Travis, who is not here with us today. Uh, this is Jumbo Heroes, but you can call me Andrew here on the uh, podcast. So I'll introduce everyone we've got here today. First, we're going to go over to Casey. Um, let him introduce himself. I'm
1: a C Ryan 26 on hammer and rails. I'm representing Lafayette, Indiana today. Everyone else is out of town, I believe.
0: That is true. Uh, I'm actually in Maryland. Did not say that at the beginning, but next we'll head to Drew, who is nearly halfway across the country.
2: Hi, this is uh, Drew. I'm uh, the legend of Sean McCarthy uh, on the site, and I am down here deep in the heart of College Station, Texas in shorts and a t-shirt hanging out. <laughs>
0: Just had, just had to rub that in. All right. Uh, we'll head to Juan next.
3: All right. Uh, here I am in Ann Arbor and suck it, Drew. It is currently 61.4 degrees here today. So Is it really?
0: Oh, yeah. See, he's got you because Juan knows the weather. So <laughs> It's like I have
3: two degrees in this stuff and I'm working on my third. You know, He's, no he's just
0: going to throw that in your face whenever he gets the chance. So uh, we'll head right into it now that we know who's speaking to you. Um, First, I think we'll just do a quick recap of the Maryland game. Um, Just my perspective first, I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know, obviously the game was a little bit ugly back and forth. Purdue, of course, had the giant lead and then lost it, as is their want to do. Um, But you know, in the end, the, the W is really all that matters. So I think you can you can take um, some solace in that, especially it's another win over a top 10 team. It's not always pretty. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, you get the W. That's really the most important thing. So uh, what are your thoughts, Casey?
1: It's kind of weird because isn't it like we blew the game and yet we still won it like the same problems we've had all year? Just. Oh, yeah, themselves. Exactly. we just happened to win. Yeah. Um, seeing Dakota step up was nice, but at the same time. He was, what, 5-for-5 in the first half, 6-for-6? And he was still tentative coming out in the second half? Well, he
0: didn't even even start the second half either. Right.
1: God forbid. But, yeah, (laughs) I mean, the same issues, we just, you know, got a little lucky. The refs were horrible on both sides, but we won. And at this point in the stage, that's all that really matters.
0: Yeah, I got to agree. Drew, what do you think?
2: Yeah, top 10 win uh, coming down the stretch is a
1: pretty uh, big
2: deal. I think, again, we see that uh, we need somebody on the outside to step up and have a big game to beat good teams. Um, AJ is going to have to have his normal game, and we're going to have to have somebody, whether it be Klein or Matthias or Ray or just anybody, get up there and, and double digits. Oh, look,
1: Juan forgot Kendall, too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, yeah, it was I mean, great win, good, good momentum going forward as long as we don't do the normal Purdue thing and stub our toe at Nebraska. But, um, I mean, can't beat a top-10 home win, second of the year.
0: Yep, what do you think, Juan?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, granted, seeing another blown lead lost kind of did suck, but it's kind of interesting. Like, we've seen Purdue blow three leads at home, and in each time they've improved, like, the first blown lead – led to the loss at Iowa the second blowed lead led to Michigan State leading towards the end but eventually tying and forcing it in overtime and then yesterday Maryland was able to tie the game but they actually never led at all like once they tied it at 786 then Purdue was able to just push them away it was actually kind of the opposite of what I predicted in the last podcast I said that Maryland would jump out to the lead Purdue would try to catch up and never get there but turns out I just flipped the two teams around
0: yeah, it is interesting, like you said, that we've had these three uh, big leads, blown, really, all three of them, but only one of them led to a loss. So I suppose you could take that as a positive sign for where we're trending. Um, you just have a lot of Boiler fans sitting on the edge of their seat, raising their blood pressure and maybe uh, having some heart attacks. But, you know, in those three games, Purdue is 2-1, and one, so it's hard to argue with that. Um, mm mm-hmm. So now that we've we've gone over uh, the game with Maryland, we got two Big Ten games left and then whatever happens in the Big Ten tournament. um, What are the expectations for those final two games and maybe a prediction of where we'll end up uh, seeding wise in the Big Ten tournament? I know that's kind of a crapshoot at this point with everything that's left, but at least give a little prediction. um, And I'll go ahead and start out with Casey.
1: I, I think we went out Nebraska and Wisconsin. Neither of them. Match up particularly well against us Um, they're both kind of shields does everything for Nebraska and Nigel Hayes does everything for Wisconsin and when you only have one or two focal points Purdue does a good job of shutting them out so I'm not worried about that Um, there's going to be a little chaos up top but we probably can't hope to be any better than fifth or sixth seed in the tournament which not great but it'll give us a chance to get another win or two up in Chicago right?
0: No, it's in Indy this year. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Drew? Yeah,
2: that's where I see us. I think uh, I think we go and take care of Nebraska fairly uh, handily. Uh, Wisconsin's, I mean, going to be tough. If they get hot from the outside, we may have some trouble with uh, Showalter and. Uh, is the Gasser still there? No. Wait, no. <laughs> Who, who's their point guard?
0: Um, I honestly can't think of his name right now. I don't
2: know. Some white yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, scrappy white guy. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, Biggie's going to be matched up on Hayes, so that could get interesting.
1: You think we'll um, guard him with Biggie most of the time?
2: I I mean, I don't see you, unless you want Biggie to guard the, the small forward, no, I think
0: that's getting even worse.
1: I'd like Biggie to hold down the, you know, seat on the bench
0: if yeah. I had my choice. Well, it's a good thing you don't get a choice. Then, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? yeah.
3: So, yeah, I'm surprised us, it uh, took him six minutes to finally bring up Biggie. In yeah. <laughs> it's
2: got to be a record. So so I see us 2-0, I see us winning both games, and then yeah, probably a 5 seed in the Big Ten tournament, which I don't really mind. Um, with the unbalanced schedule, it's really even hard to seed the Big Ten tournament. So um 5 seed is not terrible. Going into Indy, we'll see if we can take care of some business. All right, Juan, what about you?
3: I also agree. I think we're going to be going 2-0 in this stretch. Uh, and Nebraska Adam, Playing on Nebraska will still be tough. Uh, and then also Wisconsin. Uh, that's They're going to be battling us until the last minute. Uh, but I think Mackie Magic will pull us over. I'm hoping Ray, Ray D in his last game at Mackie will have a great game uh, that we've seen in the wins against uh, Maryland and Michigan State at home. Uh, and then in also terms of seeding, looking probably at that five seed, not exactly a bad choice, but if the 12 or 13 seed is coming in hot, um, I mean, that's what happened. Iowa had the 5 seed last year and lost to Penn State, and Purdue ended up playing Penn State in the, on the Friday as the 4 seed. Uh, so they got to win that game. It's a high-risk, low-reward, but uh, just get a, get that win and play the 4 seed on Friday.
0: Okay, so I think it's then unanimous. Um, on the last podcast, I said we'd go 2-1 and one to end the season. Of course, the one loss I had was Maryland, so... Now that we've won that game, um, I'm obviously wrong from last time, but I'll stick with the uh, 2-0 and for the rest of the season. I think, just like Juan said, I think Nebraska is going to be a tougher game than most of us think. I mean, I think it'll be a win, but just probably like the last time we played them, it'll be a lot closer than most of us would like. And then Wisconsin coming into Mackey on uh, the last game for Hammonds and Davis and senior day. So I, I would assume that uh, Purdue is going to be able to pull that one out. I think that'll be a tough game, especially with the way Wisconsin has improved from the first time we played them, which was so early in the year, when they were still, I think, going through a lot of, of shock with the resignation of Ryan and that new coach. But, you know, just like Wisconsin does every single year, um, despite maybe not being the most talented team out there, they're now sitting in uh, fifth place in the conference and looking to uh, to scare some people as they go into the Big Ten tournament. So... Uh, probably agree with the rest of you guys as well. Uh, five or six seed is probably the best we can hope as we head into Indy. But, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the, uh, like you guys said too, the unbalanced schedules of the Big Ten create so many um, problems as you look at um, where everybody shakes out. I mean, we said it on the last one as well, but Indiana had the 13th ranked uh, Big Ten schedule and so, of course, you know they're they're sitting at the top of the conference right now. Despite, I think all of us would agree they're probably not the best team in the conference. But, you know, when you when you play the the dregs of the Big Ten multiple times and you get your hardest games at home, uh, that that surely helps you out in a conference like the Big Ten. So, you know, kudos to them. I guess they've taken care of what's in front of them and what's on the schedule. But, you know, like I said, I think we can all agree that Indiana is certainly not the best team in the big 10, they've just had an a- advantageous schedule. And, and that certainly helps in this era of gigantic conferences and, mm-hmm. and unbalanced schedules. So
1: who does everyone think is the best team in the big 10? I'm curious.
0: Uh, I, I think I'd have to say Iowa. I mean, I, that's just weird, but I think the way they've played this year has been such a surprise and they're more, I think they're more well-rounded than Maryland, which Maryland might be my second choice. Um, but, uh, you know, I think when it comes down to it, push come to shove, I'd probably say Iowa.
3: Overall, I'd say Iowa as well, just their, uh, their record throughout the year. But uh, currently at the moment, I'd have to say Michigan State. I mean, if you Even if you look at their losses, like one point loss to Purdue, one point loss to Nebraska, you give those wins and suddenly they're at, back in the top four. And there's a reason why they're still in the top 10. They'll probably be favorited to win the Big Ten tournament as well and, again, go deep into the tournament in, in March.
2: Yeah, I've got Michigan State at the top two. They've got the best player in the league. And when you give Tom, Cre- or Tom Izzo the best player in the league, <laughs> uh, when you give Tom Crean the best player in the league, he's going to lose in the Sweet 16 to Syracuse. That's right. <laughs> he might have yeah, had the I top
0: think- two players in the league that year.
2: Oh yeah, top two top ten, two, two, uh, two What was it? Lottery picks.
0: Two lottery uh, picks couldn't get yeah. past the Sweet Sixteen. Top, yeah, because you know Five they ran picks. they ran into that buzzsaw of Syracuse.
2: Yeah, the two the two three zone is I don't know, not, obviously not in the Korean t- coaching manual.
0: It's a new invention when he faced it. It's the first time you'd ever heard of it. Yeah, oh, definitely.
1: I think Iowa probably has the highest ceiling, but at the same time. Their offense is really hard to sustain. They take a lot of long jumpers off the dribble. They rely on their transition to get open looks. I I would have to go with Izzo's team as well. They're just really tough to get in night out.
0: I I think the argument I would make there with Iowa is, you know, I don't know what else they can do for you. They're 11-4, and beat Michigan State twice, beat Purdue twice. I mean, you know. But they
1: haven't looked as – they haven't looked as great lately. They're all yeah, I mean, they they called, lost
0: but. they lost at Penn State, which I really wish they could have that game back because that would take them one step closer to preventing <laughs> IU from winning the conference. So, I mean, you're right. There are games when they look inconsistent, but <clears> I think <throat> overall, when you look at what they've done, I'll st- I'll still take them. But Michigan State certainly not a bad answer, but I mean, Iowa absolutely dominated Michigan State both times they played them. I mean, they right. beat them by 13, and they beat them by 17. So, And this, the time they beat them by 17 was at Michigan State, and I don't think any of us would have predict, predicted that when the season started.
3: I this think, is true, I, but I think, I think Iowa, Iowa also benefits from yeah. playing Purdue and Michigan State twice at the front end of the schedule. Like part of me doubts if Iowa could go into Breslin today or go into Mackey today and beat Michigan State and Purdue. That's fair. Yeah.
2: I also think Iowa is, has the most potential to get just red hot from the outside and blow teams away, right. like you saw them do against Michigan State or you know us in the second half of uh, that uh, of both games. Really, I also think they have the most potential to throw up a complete clunker and get like they did at Iowa or Indiana in the second half and just shoot themselves completely out of out of the game because if their shots aren't falling from the outside, they really don't have. I mean, much else. It's not like Woodbury is gonna. You know, carry him through on the inside, and um, if they're not hitting their shots, they're
1: not going to win. It's so nice not having to root for Woodbury. He looks yeah. like we should all just feel sorry for Iowa fans every time he touches the ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not your prototypical uh, star basketball player.
1: Levin, you're from Maryland. What happened well, to Melo Trum? I, or I live living here now. Maryland? I'm yeah. not
0: from Maryland, yeah.
1: What happened to Melo Trimble? I thought they would be the best team, hands down, going into the season. Oh, I
0: don't know. I mean, I think he's just inconsistent, and I think part of it is, at least, you know, I do have have a few folks who I go to school with who who went to Maryland in undergrad, and, you know, all they can say is they think some, some of the players on the teams have gotten in their own heads, maybe got a little too uh, full of themselves after last year when they came in and kind of ran over some teams and looked looked like world beaters at times, but... I don't think they know anything for certain. It's just a lot of angry fans kind of muttering to themselves, just like we are now. Right.
2: I mean, but. look at how Schimple plays, though. He's got to get to the free-throw line. If you look at last last year, I mean, that's what he did. He got to the free-throw line to score his right. points. He wasn't... I think I think his numbers looked a lot more a lot better than they actually were because like he's scoring half his points or more at the free throw line and if he's not getting those cheap fling his head back calls like he did last year I think the refs have sort of caught on to a little bit of his uh acting and it's cut down mm-hmm. on some of his uh, production.
0: Yeah, he's definitely had games this year where I mean you see he's he goes 1 for 7 in the first half but then in the second half he starts getting to the line, and somehow you look down and he's got 20 points, and you're just like, how did that happen? And then you know you look at the stat sheet later and he got to the line 16 times or something.
1: That's a skill.
0: Yeah, I one mean, I
1: wish we had.
0: Yeah, we do, we do need someone who can just put their head down, drive to the lane, and and get us to the line.
1: <clears throat> Bryson <and> Scott.
0: No. <coughs> oh. No. Don't, no. No, boy. you're going to lose that argument. <laughs> no,
2: uh, boy. That's what he did, though.
0: Well, yeah. in The three he, games he played. I would yeah, say yeah. one game a year every time he played IU. And other than that, you never know. Oh, come on. You forget it. it was his freshman
2: year. He he came out and put up some big games doing that.
0: He did. I mean, you got. I'm not taking anything away from him. But from a consistency standpoint, we've got to have something a little better than that. I think I'd rather have the consistency of P.J. Thompson not turning the ball over versus Absolutely. Bryson yeah. Scott oh, oh,
1: true true Bry- a, Bryson wasn't a
0: point guard and that was his no name. he
1: had he was a football player playing basketball yeah he had <laughs> negative court vision he
0: well I was I was gonna say I can you can compare him to Kramer oh. in that regard but you know Kramer had great court vision he was a great passer yeah. um, but oh. he he was kind of a similar build similar body he would just put his head down and try to go somewhere with it but you know it was, yeah, it was, all the
2: br- yeah.
1: mentality wise
0: yeah, yeah.
2: All that Bryson saw on the court was the ball bouncing at his feet. I think that was the extent of his vision. Maybe some other sneakers that sort of came into the, the view the occasionally. Rotation,
0: right? yeah. Well, and he also saw an opening for himself a lot of times too. So uh, See,
2: I don't even think he saw that. I think he just kept going forward and, until he ran into
0: <laughs> something. <laughs> something. Yeah, it didn't really matter what it was. He was just going to keep going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so – Uh, moving one more question we wanted to have. And then I I wrote down a little final thing while we were chatting here. What in the world is going on with Kendall Stevens? Uh, Casey, what, what, what do you, what do you got? What's going on here? He's like
1: painter is preparing for him to transfer. There's no other explanation that he would, the biggest knock coming into the season on Kendall was defense and shot selection. The shot selection really hasn't improved a ton. But his defense was a lot better this year. He's really long. He's a really good off-the-ball defender. He disrupts passing lanes. I was really impressed starting out the year. And also on offense, he takes a lot of shots because he works at getting open. He just wasn't making them this year. And for him to just fall out of the rotation entirely, I mean, he hasn't played more than two minutes since he came back from leaving. And in those few little minutes, he looked pretty good. He was taking it to the hoop. He had that nice assist um, against Michigan, I believe. But, But, I mean, the writing's on the wall. He's gone after this year. He's never really meshed with Painter. It's just really weird and sad.
2: Yeah, that's what that's where I am too. He's he's gonna be probably one of the most sought after fifth year transfers in the nation next year. I mean, if it becomes official, if he graduates and it becomes official, like it's gonna
0: Do be. They a still race. call that a fifth year. Well, he's not graduating though, is he? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't that, think he would. He would be just be in
1: I think
2: most athletes, if they hustle, can graduate before. Or uh, what was this gonna be? Three and a half.
0: Yeah, I was say he's all, he'll he's only a junior now.
1: Yeah. And then again, I mean, even if he goes somewhere in red shirts for a year, probably wouldn't be the worst thing. He would have a year to get familiar with their system, maybe add a little bulk, get a little quicker. I mean, there there's a potential that he could be, you know, play overseas in a couple years.
2: I mean he he has he has this a uh, great outside shot where the three point line is just sort of a random marker. You can go you know three four feet back from that without any sort of trouble and got a quick release, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Kendall. There's got to be something we behind the scenes that we don't know. I I know he took that time off, but if he's just not right mentally or if it's something between he and Painter, I mean, it's hard to speculate. Obviously, you don't want to do that, but it's weird to see a guy that basically, I mean, if you think about it, without Kendall hitting that miracle shot against, was it Penn State or Northwestern?
0: I always get those two. Penn State.
2: Penn State last year, do we even make the tournament with another terrible loss on our <laughs> on our resume?
0: Yeah, that was one uh, heck of a shot too.
2: Yeah. And then you think about that preseason tournament where he was leading us in scoring before his finger took a right turn at the joint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um and then to go from that to just sitting there looking sad on the bench is uh quite a uh quite a development in this season that i would definitely not have predicted if you would have asked me at the start of the year who our starting shooting guard and be you know definitely be or at least our leading scorer from the shooting guard position it'd definitely be kindle and you have got nothing now
0: yeah juan what do you think
3: yeah thinking along the same lines uh probably seems like painters trying to aim for a bit more of a consistent uh, rotation like i think at the beginning of the year it felt like he was almost a hockey coach like putting in subs every minute and so and so it seems like he's trying to focus more especially after kendall had to sit out for that week uh mourn the loss of his friend painter started focus just on dakota and klein and after that it seemed kendall had a hard time getting back into that lineup which is a shame because before his friend died like we were always critical of Kendall because he was a one-dimensional player. Like, he would only shoot the three-ball and was okay on defense. But in those first couple of Big Ten games, he was starting to drive to the hoop. Like, I remember he had some nice drives against Wisconsin and Iowa uh, and Michigan. And I was like, all right, finally we're seeing the Kendall that we wanted to. And then the page turned, and uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. And at first, I, I, I'm going to admit, I, was, uh, I didn't think he was going to transfer, but now I'm starting to... It's starting to see that. Although it's nice to see that he's still like interacting with the team on the bench, like he's still trying to stay positive. But uh, it would suck to see him transfer, not only because of the potential that he had, but I mean, it, it wasn't his father who played with Purdue too. Yes. So yep. you'd hate Never. to see you hate to lose a legacy player.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now. I pulled it up kind of while we we're chatting. There have been um, the last game he played in before um, he had to step away was. Uh, versus Ohio State, but he only played five minutes in that game.
1: Yeah, uh, it was he, happening before he left.
0: Yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. didn't score any points uh, in that game. But then he, of course, he he missed uh, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. He was just not with the team for. And then he was back with the team at Maryland. Is that correct?
1: I think he was on the yeah
0: yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. I know he yeah, he, I he was there the at Maryland. So. So three games uh, he missed. He simply wasn't with the team. So you can obviously you can chalk those up, throw those away. Uh, but since he's come back with the team um, at the Maryland game, uh, we have had six games, uh, and he has played in three of them. And he has played a total of eleven minutes, scored zero points, and taken two shots. I
1: know. The thing is, it's not like we're undefeated in those games and we've looked awesome. Like, we yeah. could have used some scoring and some burst. He gave it to us a little bit in the Michigan game, and he never came back in. So and do half you the think... With, oh, sorry. sorry. Half the problem with Painter, or what I've had a problem with, is his rotations is he's so quick to yank shooters before they can get in any kind of rhythm on the court, which you have to have to feel comfortable to make a shot. And he's been doing that with Stevens from his freshman year. So this isn't just a issue starting now.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And are you I assume you're referring to the Michigan game when we played at Mackey because he, Stevens didn't play in the game at Michigan.
1: Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you, think,
0: little... oh, sorry.
2: do you guys think that you would be out of the rotation right now instead of having to step away from the team for a personal reason if he had just missed three games with like a sprained ankle?
0: Uh. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I feel like that's an impossible question. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: but he was losing minutes beforehand.
0: Yeah. Well, I, and, it, and it was so sporadic. I mean, I'm just looking at the minutes played, and this is the, the game-by-game stats on ESPN. So if you're listening out there and these seem wrong to you, you can, you can go and check them. But, I mean, you look at the last just five games before he stepped away. Versus Ohio State, he only had five. At Rutgers, he had 16. Versus Penn State, he only had nine. Um, At Illinois, when we, of course, got demolished, 23 minutes. And then versus Michigan, he had 12. So, I mean, he ranged from 23 to five minutes. And that just seems absurd when you consider what he's done for this team in the past and how often he played, especially, um, Drew, I think it was you talking about how well he played at the beginning of the year in those tournaments um, and how he was our leading scorer. I mean, you can just scroll through and look how his points have just fallen off, um, corresponding a lot of, in a lot of ways to his minutes, but uh, not always. I mean, for instance, in the pick game, he, he played 28 minutes, only scored four points, but, and he was one of nine from the floor that game. But, I mean, he was still up there in minutes, but they, they just seem to be bouncing around so often. And I don't know if that's because Painter feels like I have somebody like, Matthias or like Klein who I can, he thinks of them as the same and he can just throw in one when another's not playing well. I, I don't know. Klein what can't the logic guard is. Anyone? Well, no, I'm not saying they're the same exact same player. I'm saying if, if you were to break them down into one skill, it would right. be their shooters.
1: It's you know? So weird, it's, it seems like a weird double standard because Klein guards, no one. And that's what painter preaches about.
0: But yet he and... keeps, Well, but he hasn't gotten very many minutes minutes either, but. He he had
1: the last few games when Kendall didn't play at all, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I guess he doesn't seem to be, you're right, he doesn't, Klein doesn't seem to be in the doghouse like Stevens is for whatever reason. Um, And we should point out, um, someone did ask Painter about this in the press conference after the um, Maryland game, and basically Painter, said it's a numbers game at this point and that's why he hasn't been playing uh, but he did according to uh, our folks on Twitter this is Paul M. Banks who was at the press conference he did say uh, he isn't playing but is also really good still so take from that what you will um, that just seems like an odd statement to me so I, anybody want to jump in on that I know that's kind of a, an odd thing to just throw out there
2: all I know is this is, what, three four-star guards in the last three years transferring out of the program?
0: Yeah. It does seem like a, a yearly yeah. coming of age.
1: I mean, that's kind of the elephant in the room, right? No one said it yet, but would you would any of you blame Kendall for leaving after this year?
0: No. No. no.
1: Especially since next season, the bench is still probably going to be deep. I mean, you're
3: bringing Basil back in. You're bringing in Weatherford off his red shirt uh, Taylor might get more minutes
1: as well. So, yeah, well, Carson Edwards will be the one that takes minutes at guard. Right. I don't, I don't think Weatherford plays next year. Right. Well, I'm just saying it's one more person in there.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's one more guy to take those minutes, whether he gets them or someone else does. It's just, Mm -hmm. but if you three are all saying he's going to transfer, I'm going to, I'm going to go opposite and say, no, um, if for no other reason than the family connection, um, I know that, Obviously, we don't really know what it's like to go to the same school where your father was a big star, um, but I think maybe that would kind of deter him um, from from leaving the team. Plus, you have to think the team will be pretty good next year, and you know maybe he thinks if, if he does the work in the offseason, if Painter has said, you know, you need to work on X or you're not going to play, obviously we're speculating, we have no idea, but – Maybe you know, he wants to put in that work and, and get back into good graces and come back for his senior year and, and kind of tear it up, but uh, I think you guys probably are with the majority of fans out there and what they're thinking, but I'll just be the contrarian point of view and, and say no.
1: I hope you're right. Me too. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, mean, I, I could... don't think anybody wants him to transfer. Yeah. I, I don't think we're, we're wishing ill on him. We're just kind of, if we were in his shoes, it's rather confusing for right. him to be, uh-huh. to be out there and and not playing despite, you know, seemingly playing well for a large part of the season. Yeah,
1: but and with that, he's played the last two years a lot of basketball.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's gotten a lot of minutes. So um, I think I'll, I'll give you guys one final question. You can give me uh, as much or as little as you want. Um, and you can use this as kind of your closing thoughts as well. If you had to look at the Big Ten now and where um, it's going to end up, what is – your prediction for Big Ten champion and do you think it's gonna be split?
1: Uh, for the regular season?
0: Yeah, regular season.
1: I th- I think IU loses out. I I think they've gotten lucky a lot this year. I I would lean towards Iowa coming up top.
0: Outright? Yeah.
1: I that's the scenario, right? If they went out and IU loses yes. out.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they win out right now and IU loses out, then they win um, outright because they've got three games left at OSU versus IU and at Michigan. Um, And if IU were to lose their final two games, they would have five losses, whereas Iowa would end up with just four in conference.
1: I think I'd go that way. Okay, Drew? Who's
2: IU's last game? Who do they have in the season? Maryland? At Maryland or in
0: Assembly Hall? It's in Assembly Mm -hmm. Hall.
2: Uh, of course of course yeah so iu is terrible on the road i mean just awful um they do except the michigan
3: game
2: yeah except for the michigan game but i mean michigan's a, a team almost identical to IU, just except IU you got a little bit better with thomas Bryant in, inside than michigan's poo-poo platter of squirrely <laughs> white guys um but um so I think IU probably loses at Iowa and then wins – it, beats Maryland on some <clears> – <throat> going shooting like 45 free throws or something. <laughs> so, so you're sticking
0: with IU as your champion. Yeah. If, so, if, I, if, if IU splits and
2: Iowa wins out, is that a tie or what? I don't – I have an English degree. Uh Yeah,
0: they'd be tying.
2: Yeah, yeah so like,
0: be. I'm, I'm going split Iowa okay. and Indiana. Yeah, because they both have four losses at that point. Yeah. Um, all right, Juan, what do you think?
3: Uh, I'm also going with the split between IU and Iowa here. Um, I mean, again, if IU's road troubles continue, they're not going to win at Iowa. And I feel like you know, Iowa struggled recently, but hoping, really hoping, because I don't want to see IU win at all, uh, that they bounce back, beat, beat IU. But uh, IU's going to handle Maryland. We've seen Maryland can't win on the road. Um, at all I think that what yesterday's loss for them was a 19 straight top 25 road
0: loss for them Uh, something something like that yeah I saw somebody was tweeting that after the game yeah and
3: IU could ease I'm not kidding IU could be the Golden State Warriors in Assembly Hall I'm not kidding (laughs) about that
0: Um, I think I'll disagree there but I get what you're going for (laughs) uh, yeah it's it's just a metaphor (laughs) I guess
3: so yeah I see Iowa and IU tying out and I think that should give Iowa the number one seed I'm not sure uh, and then IU to two in the Big Ten Tournament.
0: Okay. Um, so cool. I think, um, unfortunately, I'm going to go with with IU winning it just outright. I think they may lose to Iowa, but like you guys said, they're a whole different team when they're in Assembly Hall. So I think they'll end up beating Maryland. Uh, but from Iowa's standpoint, I'm worried that they will either falter at Ohio State or at Michigan just one of those fluke losses um if i had to choose one i'd say at ohio state which is going to start here in about five minutes so by the time this is posted that game will already be over so you'll know if i'm a genius or an idiot (laughs) um but i i just my gut tells me that iu's going to win it outright and that makes me just squeamish absolutely hate that but um so I think that is it for us today, unless anybody has some final thoughts and want to jump on. I know we didn't get to Casey's favorite topic of, uh, <laughs> why, uh, Swanigan should be benched forever, but, uh, maybe we'll save that for the next time. Unless he wants to jump in here at the end.
1: I think we'll see him at the five a lot against Wisconsin.
0: Okay. Just so you're, kind so of, you're giving him some credit. I, yeah,
1: he's not a terrible five. All he's right. Not, I'm kind of looking forward to twice. next year when it's
3: Haas and Biggie, like, we can have Biggie at the four and Haas at the five, but then if Haas gets in the foul trouble, as expected, uh, because refs hate big people now, uh, then Biggie <laughs> can move into the five, and
1: I mean, we've seen that can be a, a decent lineup and allow Vince yeah. to explode at
3: the four. Biggie
1: we played might that a lot.
0: Improve, yeah,
1: Biggie might even improve enough over the summer where he can beat a guy one on one, and then his <laughs> consistent tries to will be you know worth it.
0: You can just you can just hear the anger coming through <laughs> in that tone.
1: I mean, you saw the
2: you saw Biggie play the five against Maryland going yeah, down. I the saw stretch. that horrible three he
1: took down the stretch.
0: And he hit one though. He did hit one, but so, you so know he was one for two. Yeah, but that's like
1: eventually gonna happen. Didn't he take three? I think he took three altogether. I oh, thought no, he was I one thought for it two. No, two.
0: Oh. Okay. but even no, though no, he took maybe, three. One for three. Oh, did he? All right, fine. Casey wins.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, he had I some
1: think... nice passes.
0: He did. You know, he's got a lot to work on, but we can all agree he's he's been getting better. Casey might not agree, but...
1: <laughs> he's a pretty good four-star recruit.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was Ooh. a burn. Um, all right, so I think that'll do it for episode number one of the Hammer and Rails podcast. I want to thank Casey, Drew, and Juan uh, for being on with us and getting this taken care of. This should be posted. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this if it's if you're listening it's already posted (laughs) there you go all right um so that'll do it for us and we will catch you next time until then boiler up